It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 24th, 2018. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about the Magic's loss to the Miami Heat and also a little bit about the loss to the Chicago Bulls from Friday. They kind of weave into one. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Magic's offense and where it's at or where it's not at, namely in the basket. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with the excruciating detail that we do here on the show, there's a podcast covering every team in the NBA. You can find them all on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Looking for a national perspective, Locked On NBA has you covered there. Looking for some fantasy help? Locked on Fantasy Basketball has you covered. There's a Locked on NBA podcast again for every single team in the NBA, plus the NFL as playoffs are coming up. I know um, my fantasy football playoffs are over. Um, I I lost in the semifinals this year. Uh, Todd Gurley was out. I was not happy about that, but say la vie. Uh, And also baseball and college as well. You can find all these podcasts by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes today. It's your team every day. Entering this stretch of the schedule, really starting Wednesday against San Antonio, I highlighted it, several observers have highlighted it, that this is a critical stretch in the Orlando Magic schedule. A stretch that they had to come away with some victories, number one, and had to find a way to bank some wins for a difficult January to come. Or at least what on paper looks like a difficult January to come. Maybe it's not so difficult because this team's turned out to be better on the road than they are at home. In my estimation, Orlando needed to go 4-2 in, in this six-game stretch that started last Wednesday against the Spurs. That would set the team up well, probably keep them in the eighth spot in the playoffs, or certainly in the playoff hunt, uh, heading into this difficult road trip, and then they can weather the storm from there, which this team has generally done a pretty good job of. But that is not how things have happened. A 29-point loss to the San Antonio Spurs made 39-point loss to the San Antonio, a big loss to the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday was not the way the team wanted to start it. You could feel that the team felt like they knew they didn't live up to the to, to the to the demands that, that that their coach has for them, and that they didn't execute the game plan effectively at all. Friday represented an opportunity to fix that, and 
for a while, it looked like the Magic were going to do it. They they took control over that game of against the Bulls, but then quickly lost it. And could never really get it back. A 90-80 to loss to the Chicago Bulls that was not really even that close. Yes, Orlando's defense was pretty good the entire night, for the most part. Except for a few instances where Laurie Markkinen got free and, and their pick-and-roll coverage wasn't good on him at all throughout the game. But they forced turnovers. They kept themselves in the game. They had enough offensive outbursts to make it kind of close, but they were climbing uphill that entire second half, trailing by as much as 15 points, if I'm not mistaken. And unfortunately, Sunday's game against the Miami Heat won that I had pointed to on several occasions as a very big game for the Orlando Magic, especially with the Heat playing so well now. They were they entered the game a game up on the Magic for the eighth and final playoff spot. And of course, the Magic could secure the season series victory and the tiebreaker that comes with it with a victory on their home floor. Orlando, quite frankly, and quite literally, dropped the ball. The Magic committing eight turnovers in the first quarter. Not looking sharp on either end, letting three point letting three point shooters get free, and playing lethargic isn't is 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 probably too harsh of a descriptor. But they were not sharp, as Steve Clifford noted after the game. The problem is not effort with this team; they are playing hard. The problem is they're not executing hard. The problem is they're not executing the game plan. They're not executing the principles that they need to be successful. Namely, strong team defense, strong lane protection, ball movement, and player movement on offense. Not to mention just making a dang shot once in a while. No, the Magic lack what Clifford has termed throughout the year as organization, but I've, I've always said it's an attention to detail. Yes, this team's margin for error is incredibly small. That if one little thing, if two little things are not in place, they're going to struggle because they don't have a guy that can bail them out on offense. They don't have a guy that can bail them out on defense as good as Nikola Vucevic has played this year. And that's coming to roost now. That's coming to roost in this section of the season. Because the Magic just aren't playing at the level they need to play at. Plain and simple. The intensity and effort, the effort's there. The intensity in the right direction, directed effort, really, is not there for this team right now. And what's most frustrating, because Miami took a big lead in the first quarter, led by as much as 19 in the first half. What's most frustrating about all of this, and, and all the complaints that I see about the Magic and and every and every fan who's telling me to tank that this team, the season's over already, which it's not. Stop it. Game, Magic are game and a half out of the playoffs in December. We're not we're not giving up on the season at all. And if you are, frankly, we'll see in May. No, what's most frustrating about the way the Magic are playing now. It's the flashes of brilliance that tell us that they can play better. That they that they know how to play better. And not I'm not talking about flashes of brilliance from a month ago when they went seven and three and, and, and put themselves in this position to be in the playoff hunt and play these meaningful big games. Or as big as they can be in December at least. 
I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those little spurts of of ingenuity and, and brilliance that gave the Magic a chance to win this game. Yeah. The Magic lost 115 to 91. They lost by 24. They got they got they got their butts kicked in. But in the second quarter, down by 19, they go on a 14 to 2 run. Jonathan Isaac's diving on the floor, going up for putback dunks. Evan Fournier's making tough three-point shots. Terrence Ross is hitting a couple big shots. Jaron Grant probably had one of his best games, or at least halves, of the season. And the Magic cut the lead to three. They had the chance to pull this one back to within even, to get back to level playing field, and that's all you can ask for after the half that the Magic had played. Because really, we're not talking about a team that's going to go out and dominate very many teams. What we're really asking for on a night-to-night basis is give yourselves a chance to win. Let it come down to late-game execution. Let it come down to talent. But give yourself the chance to win. This team has the talent to do that against anybody in the league. And so what's most disappointing is that the Magic had two fits of brilliance in this game. You know, maybe the Heat got a little lackadaisical with their defense. They're a good defensive team. I'll give them all the credit in the world. Maybe they got a little lax with the big lead. But that's still not an excuse. Orlando brought themselves back in the game. Down by, I think it was 26 at one point in the fourth quarter. Orlando cut the lead to eight. Jonathan Simmons was hitting step-back threes and one of his better games of his season, offensively at least. And Aaron Gordon blocking a Derek Derek Jones Jr. dunk attempt. And an an amazing block attempt. You know, as much as Gordon has struggled on the offensive end, his defense is back to where everyone expected it to be in his earlier years. Like Jonathan Isaac, got to bring the offensive piece along. But Gordon is right where you want him defensively. And honestly, I'm surprised Gordon didn't shoot the ball more in this game because the Magic needed him to, to take a little bit more control. So the Magic had these two runs of brilliance and after the Heat called timeout and settled themselves down, it was a turnover. It was a missed shot that led to a fast break. It was losing contact with Tyler Johnson who scored 20 of his 25 points in the third quarter. It was Hassan Whiteside rolling free down the lane for a dunk or a layup. Momentum is the next day's pitcher, as, as, as I've probably said on this podcast a million times. And the Magic always lost it when it felt like they had it. They couldn't build on those plays. And there's a lot of frustration in that locker room. I, I mean, I, th- I think I sense a lot of people who do feel like the bottom is falling out. And I'm not there yet. Yeah, the Magic have lost a fair amount of games. I believe it's eight of their last 13 games. They've lost a lot of games in this stretch. They've fallen out of the playoff race. They're a game and a half out of the playoffs. Um, so they're, you know, they're uh, in a tough. They're in a tougher spot in, in an area of the schedule. Where I think a lot of us again identified the Magic needed to win games. But it's a three-game losing streak. The Magic had a three-game losing streak. 
few uh, a week ago, and they pulled themselves out of it for a little while. Picked up two straight wins. Everyone thought everything was okay. Obviously, another three-game losing streak. So, the fact that the Magic have lost now, I think five of their last six, five of their last six losses. Hold on. They've lost a fair amount of games recently by not just double digits, but embarrassingly large double digits. The Indiana game, the Dallas game, the San Antonio game, and now the Miami game, where they've gotten blown out. I think it's fair to say. It's four blowout losses in the last seven games. That part, definitely concerning. Because again, the margin for error is so small that it's either they're competing or they're getting blown out. They're not blowing anyone out. Not not unless everything falls really into place. So, Yes, there is cause for concern. I don't want to dismiss that. But it's not time to put the cart before the horse. 500 teams do this, believe it or not. They lose games. They find their rhythm. They win games again. And then they lose games again. Miami is on a hot streak right now. They got back to 500. It was a goal of theirs to do so before Christmas. They've done that. They're gonna. They'll hit a losing, losing patch again, and they'll have to find it themselves again. That's what happens with teams who have such small margins for error. The Heat are one of them. If they're not flying around defensively like they have been for the last two weeks, they they'll struggle. There's a reason why they're one of the worst shooting teams in the league, just like the Magic. Magic are the same way. If the Magic are not playing defense with the detail and intensity and focus and energy that they need to have, they're gonna lose a lot of games like this. And so Steve Clifford is absolutely right when after the game he said, you know, teams go through these stretches. They go through these rough patches in the schedule and right now the job is to figure it out and get back on the right track. Clifford was honestly, I thought, impressively calm after this game to say, you know, we're, we're struggling right now. There's no, there's no getting around it. No one's going to be merciful on us on, on this team. But they know they can play better. Now, to those of who has who I've watched this team for the last six years, it does feel like the danger zone. It does feel like that dangerous moment for the Magic when everything falls off the cliff. It's usually about this time of year. In 20, 2016, it was in mid-January. In 2017 or 2018, it was um, in in late November. In 2017... It was, they probably, that, that the wheels really fell off in, in early January, late December. So yeah, this game 30 is, is about the moment, this, this, this area of the schedule is about the moment where the Magic have really struggled to right the ship. But there's still time to do so. They're not out of the playoff race. Game and a half is very doable in this, in this time frame and every team's going to go through their ups and downs. And really what's key is the Magic have to control this losing streak. They're not going to do that playing offense and defense the way they're playing right now. Yes, the defensive numbers look okay. But their offense is so bad it doesn't matter. And their defense has had numerous holes. Poor pick and roll coverage, giving up open three-pointers. A little bit of the return of the Ole defense uh, from Nikola Vucevic that we do not want to see. 
And so the Magic have their work cut out for them now after a loss like this. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final numbers for you real fast as we put this game to bed. Evan Fournier leading the Orlando Magic for the second straight game in scoring. He had 17 points on 5 for 11, shooting 3 for 7 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 turnovers. Um, last two games, really, both, both, uh, sorry, 3 turnovers. Um, both the Chicago game and the Heat game, Evan Fournier was the Magic's most consistent scoring option. Um, you got to give him that credit. Uh, and, and after struggling so much through the first quarter of the season, Fournier is starting to shoot like himself again. Again, 5 for 11 from the floor, 3 for 7 from beyond the arc. Those are good numbers for him. Those are good splits for him. And those, that's the kind of split you expect from him. You know, Maybe a few more shots. He played only 26 minutes, though, because of, of the blowout nature of the game. So the Magic, I think, are getting a lot of what they want from Evan Fournier right now. Um, his defense is is better, is improved. You're not asking him to lock anyone down. Um, you know, still got to watch his turnovers. He's probably turning the ball over a little bit too much uh, in this recent stretch. But he's starting to make his three-pointers, and that's a really good sign for the Magic. Um, he's finally starting to round into form. Unfortunately, in this game, Nikola Vucevic was just a non-factor offensively. 8 points, 3 for 12 shooting, 2 for 5 from the foul line, 7 rebounds, 5 of them offensive, no assists, and 3 turnovers for Vucevic. I don't want to say that it was a change in the defense. I don't think the defense has changed very much. Vucevic's touch just seems a bit off offensively. Did a really good job sealing and establishing a low post presence against Hassan Whiteside, but defenses did a good job bugging him. There were some double teams. A couple guys pulled the chair on him. Um, his touch was just off. Um, the shots he was getting over Hassan Whiteside were not the kind, were not the quality shots that we're used to getting from him. From him, and certainly, uh, you know, his, his trusted moves just did not work in this game. Um, defensively, though, I thought was the bigger issue and the reason why I gave him an F in my in my player grades. Um, what Vucevic has been really good at this year over previous years is his ability to corral players. The Magic are a better defensive team with Vucevic on the floor this year. There's there's just no getting around that. And, and I think a lot of it is because of him. He's really good at communicating where he's sending guys um, and, and recovering quick, quick enough to his man as well as to the ball handler's man, uh, allowing, the ball hand, allowing the ball handler's man to get back into the play on pick and rolls. In this game, though, he struggled a lot more with that. He, he kind of got out of the way on more than one occasion as a Miami player came through the lane, probably a little too hesitant to leave Hassan Whiteside. But you got to commit and be decisive. You, and that's really what Vucevic has been good at this year. Defensively, he commits. He's decisive to what he's going to do. And he trusts his teammates behind him. That really didn't happen this game. He's still kind of half in, half out. And when you're half in, half out, you're going to get burned. You're going to get beat by all these players, whether it's over the top uh, or whether it's by the ball handler. That's just how this league works. You've got to commit. And if it's, a, you know, honestly, I would say this about any player on the Magic or any, really any player defensively. If you're going to make a mistake, Commit to the mistake on defense. You know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna go double a guy 
and it's not uh, in the assignment to double him, don't half it. Don't half, you know, don't half it. Go for it. You've got to commit to it. You got to make the offense react to you because if you're 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 if you're kind of half in half out, you give the offense time to think and plan and scheme around you. If you go, if you commit, that stops them from doing that. Um, you know, yes, there might be some miscommunication on the back backside, but you have your four other teammates or your three other teammates to cover for you, just to read what you're doing and react themselves and make their own decisions. And and then it becomes the offense's turn to try and break that down. If you're half in, half out, your teammates don't know what you're doing. Your 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 the the opponent can can survey and read what you're doing better to to attack it better, and it's just easier to easier to beat. And that's really a, I really thought that was Vucevic's problem defensively for a long time. And this year, he's done a better job of that. This game, and even some in the Chicago game, although I'll give a small pass for the Chicago game, um, you're playing, you need to play well, but I think some of the lack of rhythm is just he hasn't had much practice time, probably spending a lot of time with his family, as he should, um, so I'm not criticizing him for that. Um, but but certainly it feels like Vucevic has to kind of get himself back into rhythm a little bit here um, and, and uh, be the be the center of the magic need because he's just so vital to this team. So is Aaron Gordon, who had a nice game. I would have loved to see more from him, though. 14 points, 4 for 7 shooting, 2 for 4 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, and, of course, one incredible block. Um, among the starters, Aaron Gordon and DJ Augustin led the way at minus 9. So they were with some good lineups, especially in the bench lineups. Um, when, when Orlando made their comebacks... It was it was with Gordon on the floor, so so he had he made a positive impact there, and I thought his defense was generally pretty good. Although James Johnson, Kelly Olynyk are not really taking anybody off the dribble. Gordon, uh, I think, has done a good job this year going out of his way to try and get others involved. I loved seeing his assist numbers up. I know I mentioned that on the show. I know I mentioned that on OrlandoMagicDaily.com that he is scoring and creating offense in different ways. But the Magic need him to shoot. The Magic need his scoring. Um, the Magic need him to find a way to, to create offense for himself because um, that will boost everyone else up, especially when they're struggling like they did on Sunday night. Seven shot attempts, even if you're making the right play all the time, which which Gordon has increasingly made the right play all the time. He's got to get that seven, those seven shot attempts up. And, and Steve Clifford's noted that he's got to do a better job doing that. Vucevic is a big part of that equation as well. Um, but I want to see Gordon become a little bit more involved in the offense and look a little bit more for his own shot. Other notables, Jonathan Isaac, 8 points, 2 for 7 shooting, 4 for 4 from the foul line, 7 rebounds, although his shooting is is not there yet, and, and really his shooting is the only thing holding him back at this point. I'm, I'm not saying that if Isaac started hitting 45-46% from the floor, he'd suddenly be an all-star. I don't think he's there yet as a ball handler or as a creator, but... If he starts hitting his outside shot with regularity, um, and you know, if this I think this is an offseason thing. If his shooting takes another leap, he becomes a much different player because his defense is just otherworldly good. And, and he plays hard and he hustles and he uses his length really, really well. And, you know, again, that same thing I said. If you're gonna make a mistake, commit. Isaac can do that, make a mistake, and recover to make the play. Um, Zach Lowe on his on his things he he likes uh column for ESPN.com really broke down what Isaac is so good at defensively that that you know he can help off a corner three and still recover to contest it. That's how good he is defensively. And and again, I think he's still learning some of the finer points. I think he still makes some young player rookie mistakes. 
um, which which he's still technically a rookie in many ways. Is really is, this is really becoming his rookie year after he redshirted last year. Um, I think that Isaac played really good defense in this game. He sparked that second quarter run, uh, and the Magic need more of that and more of him. Jonathan Simmons had maybe his best offensive game of the season. Oh, probably not his best offensive game of the season, but a good offensive game. 11 points, 5 for 6 shooting, uh, 1 assist, 2 turnovers for him. Um, you know, just good to see Simmons make some shots. I thought he did a good job getting the basket. Got his got his jumper working, hit a big 3 in the 4th quarter that made an 8-point game, so good on him. Orlando shoots 41.4% from the floor, 10 for 28 from beyond the arc. 10 of their 29 field goal makes are 3s. 23 of 32 from the foul line. The Magic did a good job getting there. 12 offensive, uh, tw- 12 offensive rebounds, but 19 turnovers. Doom Orlando to a 101 or 115 to 91 defeat to the Miami Heat. The Heat get 25 points from Tyler Johnson and 20 of those in the third quarter. Six of nine shooting for the game. Justice Winslow 22 points. He also made three of his four three pointers. So some odd stats there with the with the Heat getting some some major three point contributions from guys who are typically not great three point shooters. But again, Orlando giving up 16 of 31 shooting from the foul line, not going to get the job done for this team. But at the end of the day, the Magic's problem isn't so much their defense because their defense, you know, in the last seven games is ranked 19th in the league. They're not playing poorly. The issue really is their offense and just how bad their offense has been. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what is at the heart of the Magic's poor offensive execution right now? Why are the Magic unable to crack the code? Why is the Magic, why are the Magic over the last, since December 7th, when they scored 118 points against the Denver Nuggets, a really good defensive team, and made three-pointers left and right, kind of unfairly in a lot of ways. Why is it since that game, the Magic have been unable to crack the code and score the basket? It's not merely a matter of getting open shots. I think even Clifford admitted after Sunday's game, you know, we're getting the shots that we need to get. It's a matter of making them. The Magic have to make shots, and it is a make-or-miss league, and you can live with missing open shots because you've got the open shot to begin with. That's good. You want that. The question, though, then becomes, what are the Magic not doing? And the game against Chicago was really instructive on Friday uh, on what the Magic are not doing. The Bulls, like the Heat, are really good at switching picks. They have such versatile defenders that they can just seamlessly move between picks without really engaging in that pick, without really engaging in the decision the pick makes, forcing your defense to choose one thing or another to create a hole. Those driving lanes are gone. And Orlando, without really a great dribble penetrator, whether it's DJ Augustin or Aaron Gordon or even Nikola Vucevic, who can establish himself in the post, without that movement, without that penetration, Orlando is unable to get things going. I 
Orlando is unable to get itself moving on offense. Yes, it's a little bit about intensity and effort. Or effort's not the right word. It's a little about, about intensity and intention and, and, and going through the sets hard. It is a little bit about pace in that way. But it's something more. I broke down the numbers after the loss of the Bulls. The Magic are not one of the best teams at getting paint touches. Essentially, the ball is in the paint or passed into the paint. But even keeping that even, the Magic are one of the worst teams in the league at scoring off of paint touches. Quite simply, when the Magic do get it in the paint, they're struggling to kick it out for threes or to to open shooters, especially right now, but throughout the season they have been, and they're struggling to shoot the ball effectively around the basket. That's a start. Secondly, the Magic's turnover rate has ballooned in the last few weeks. It's not necessarily... It's both a symptom of the Magic's offensive problems and a cause of the Magic's offensive problems. Now, what do I mean by ballooned here? The Magic this year, for the season, have a 14.2% turnover rate. They're 12th in the league. They're doing all right. They're actually pretty good at protecting the ball and valuing their possessions. But since December 7th, the Magic have the third worst turnover rate in the league. 16.6% turnover rate. So on about 16.6% of their possessions, they will turn the ball over. Again, for a team with such a small margin for error, without that breakout star, without that guy who can break down a defense on his own and create his own shot and create shots for others by forcing the defense to recognize that. Without that player, the Magic's margin for error is so small on offense. And giving that up, giving the ball away, and not getting any shot or anything out of the possession only hurts that cause, only adds more to the pressure put on a defense that no one's going to confuse for elite, but can be pretty good for very long stretches, in fact. And for the most part, has been very good this year. Certainly, the Magic have relied heavily on certain players to get them through through games. Whether it's DJ Augustin, who's, who's been fantastic this year but is going through a little slump of his own, or Nikola Vucevic. Those two guys have carried a huge offensive load for this team. And teams now are beginning to load up on them. It's no coincidence that they're struggling, same as Terrence Ross, now that there's a lot more tape on these on this team. And teams are beginning to shift their strategy to take away what they're good at. Just like what the Spurs did to Aaron Gordon on Wednesday night. They do without Vucevic there. Gordon would be a primary scorer. And so they blitzed him and doubled him and made him really work. Just to get a shot off. And he struggled to shoot the ball in that game. Even to get shots off in that game. No, without these paint touches, Orlando's offense dies. Without getting Vucevic on the low block, without getting Vucevic in the mid post, without him at the elbow, the Magic's offense is really tough. Especially when players don't cut as hard or or play as hard 
as they need to. By play as hard, I mean by pace. Just just moving quickly. The Magic certainly knew entering the season their offense was going to be a trouble spot. It's no surprise they're 27th in the league in offensive rating, if they're still even that. No surprise at all. No one's expecting them to score 120 points every game. But absolutely, you hold the team to 90 points, you need to win. The Magic can point to their offensive woes, their turnovers, their poor shot selection, their lethargic execution. They can point to that as a reason they didn't win a game they needed to win against Chicago. And they can point to their offense a little bit for some of the problems they had with Miami. Because every time they tried to make a comeback, they gave the ball away. Vucevic missed a shot. The ball stopped moving, and they settled for a jumper. Those are the things that have to stop. To get this offense going, there's got to be constant motion. There's got to be quick decision-making. And they got to protect the ball. And that's just not happening right now. And until it does, those losses will continue to pile up. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, subs- you can, of course follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as subscribe to the podcast, again, on iTunes, on I- on iTunes and all those places you download podcasts. Uh, show announcement, there will be no episode tomorrow for Christmas Day. I am still undecided about an episode on Wednesday to preview the Magic's game against the Phoenix Suns. I'm leaning toward yes, because I do have something I want to say. It just depends if I can get all my thoughts down on paper. Um, So we will probably reconvene then on December 26th as the Magic prepare to take on the Phoenix Suns. We'll, of course, have a recap of that game on Thursday's episode of Locked on Magic when we pick up back in full. But until then, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Try not to think too hard about the magic. Enjoy some time with the family. Enjoy some basketball. Maybe a movie. Maybe some Chinese food. I don't know what you do for Christmas, um, but I definitely want you to have a fantastic day from all of us at Orlando Magic Daily and certainly from me here at Locked On Magic as well as I think I can speak fairly for the entire Locked On Podcast Network. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. So until the 26th or the 27th, This has been Philip Rossenreich of Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.